welcome to the Simply Fit Podcast. I'm your host, Elliot Hassoun. In this podcast, I'll be looking at three key questions related to fitness, nutrition, and mindset. I will break these down into information that is easy to understand and actionable so that you can apply it to your life today. This podcast will give you all you need to improve your health and well-being once and for all. So sit back, listen, and most importantly, take action. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to episode 37 of the Simply Fit podcast. Today, I am joined by the wonderful Tej Patel. I have had the pleasure of knowing Tej for a few years now, and watching her personal and professional growth over the past few years has really been nothing short of phenomenal. She leads her woman, Tej's Warrior Woman, in fact, and the name is, it represents everything she does and everything she's about. So I want you to introduce you to Tej today. She's going to give some valuable, valuable inputs on all the questions we have. So how are you this morning? I'm great. How are you, Elliot? I am very well. I was just trying to get my words out. I'm just trying to articulate myself as well as possible, but we won't tell people that this is my third or fourth take. <laughs> oh gosh, the outtakes are going to be fun. <laughs> exactly. So I'm super excited to have a conversation today. Like I said in the previous takes, I, we've had like many interactions, but mainly like through voice message, through the Instagram and everything along those lines. And we always pick up and vibe off each other's energy. So I'm really looking forward to this conversation and all the value that everyone's going to take away. So we're going to go through the normal structure. It's all going to be based on questions around yourself as well. And I want to get started with those who don't know you yet, who may have not heard of you before, or actually like I, I always like to hear this and get to know people on a deeper level as well. So can you give me your superhero origin story? My superhero origin story. So <laughs> as you know, I'm not, you know, your young fitness enthusiast. I am coming up to my 40th birthday very soon. And my journey started wow. because I was this corporate person, really boring, really anti-health, anti-fitness. I was that person that, you know, had the gym membership and never, ever went. And this all came from the fact that at school, I was that kid that wrote those fake letters from my parents, excusing <laughs> me from PE and all of the rest of it. So, you know, it, it almost feels like, should I even be here at this age <laughs> teaching people how to do this? But postnatal depression got me um, after I had my second baby. And so I turned to exercise, fitness, wellness, nutrition to basically bring myself out of that black hole. It is a, it is a black hole. It doesn't mm -hmm. matter what the set off for it is and how depression hits you, mental health. It's like one of those things that you you just can't. You can't put your finger on it. And with exercise, I was able to get those great endorphins going. My doctor was like, you know, you're not, you're just tired. We can give you tablets. I was like, no, that's not the thing that I want to rely on. And I'm not tired. I've had a baby before. I've had sleepless nights. This is not yeah. my first rodeo. Hundred <laughs> percent. And so, yeah. So I got into fitness and I was like, oh my God, is this what it can do for us women? No one told me this. They did, by the way. They did tell me this. <laughs> and I just didn't listen. But it took for me to be in a really dark place to bring myself to what I would call my superpower, which is empowering other women to embody the very best version of themselves, no matter what age and no matter where they've come from. 
So, yeah, that's a little insight into my superhero story. <laughs> that's beautiful. I've got a couple of questions based on that. The first thing I'd say is that, you know, you said you wonder if you should be here teaching everyone about health and fitness. I think the best people to do that are the people who didn't like it in the first place or had no interest because of they understand the problems that most people have, right? Because most people work with a coach because they, so they can't get their health and fitness in place. So it's nice because you know, like I wouldn't be able to, like, I don't think most people would be able to relate from the person who like basically came out of the womb and loved health and fitness, right? Like <laughs> <laughs> there's no relatability. It's just no relatability there. So no, I think that's firstly amazing. I feel like people should like come from a place of like struggle to then help people who are also in those similar struggles. But the next question I have is terms of, you probably glossed over it a little bit in the sense of like you came out of depression as a byproduct of getting into exercise and health and fitness. So how long was that bout of postnatal depression? Forgive me if I'm going deep here, but this is no, what we do. No, <laughs> I actually really love this because I, you're, you're right. I did gloss over it because I'm so used to telling this story. So actually it really mm. helps that you want to get into the crux of it. Yeah, um, so my son had silent reflux and he had a tongue tie. He had basically a whole bunch of issues that just logged on top of each other. And as a mom, you sort of think that you're the source of that. Like you grew this baby, you created these problems mm. and now you've got to solve them and our hormones are completely do lally anyway women's after during pregnancy after birth for a long period of time and as of now a pre and postnatal specialist like i dive into it even more so and i can understand where i was at at that time yeah. from that perspective but at the time i obviously had no clue and i was just like this is all my fault and i don't know what i'm doing looking after this poor baby who's got all these little issues and they weren't massive and millions and billions of babies have these issues but as a mum you sort of think this is massive for my you want that baby to be perfect of course anyway so it did put me in a really crappy mindset I didn't feel like I was good enough as a mum and I had to carry on because I already had a toddler so I couldn't lose myself in that black hole so I became basically a zombie in my own life and in complete autopilot just doing the things I needed to to keep them alive that sounds so terrible no it's but all no I get it. it it's so it's literally just survival at that point and to help them to to get to the point where they're no longer 120 percent dependent on me and it was really tough because, like I said, you you kind of know you have to do these things. And he had these little issues. And I went to the doctor and I was like, oh, there's something wrong with me. I don't feel the way I did after my first baby. And she was like, you're just so super tired. And she was right in a way in the sense that no one tells you that having double the kids doesn't mean double the work, okay? It's like quadruple the work. <laughs> <laughs> it's a whole other level. It's not double. And so, you know, she was very right. And I tell that to all my prenatal clients as well. I'm like, this is your second baby. Please be aware that it's going to be quite tough. So let's mentally and physically prepare you for that. But yeah, you you don't really listen when people do tell you that. And it was it was that coupled with all the issues that he had. And I ended up then going on holiday and taking a long, stark look at my life because I was just like, what am I doing? I'm literally here in this beautiful place. It was in Portugal, yeah. um, which I know is close to home for you. You spent quite a lot of time there, didn't you? I last love year. Portugal, yeah. And, um, and I was just like, I'm having a beautiful holiday. These kids are absolutely stunning. They're just wonderful. And my son was starting to get beyond his issues at that point. Yeah. And um, it's like, what's wrong with you? You need to do something. This is not okay anymore. 
And so I you know, came home and I was like, I need to start focusing on me. I, having come from highly stressful corporate environment, I was so used to just being on the go, using my brain, being, you know, that empowered corporate woman yep. in that area of my life. I felt like it, it no longer having that because I was on maternity leave. I having no longer having that. I felt a little bit lacking. That makes and I sense. didn't have anything for me anymore. So I did go back to work and I was like, right, I also need to start doing something physical because this is ridiculous. Like I need something to change within me. And I'd heard that endorphins were released when you exercise. Didn't know anything more than that. That was literally it. That you feel good after you exercise. So I started carving out literally just 20 minutes a day. And I started off with, please do not laugh. I started off with Joe Wicks. <laughs> body weight tips. Yes. <laughs> we all start somewhere. <laughs> but it did the job, right? It started getting me feeling better and more energized. And I didn't, you know, I started waking myself up, so to speak. And then I started focusing on my nutrition as well. Because I was like, if the workouts make me feel this much better, I wonder what this cutting out the crisps, cutting out the chocolates, mm. cutting out <laughs> the butter-laden toasts will do for me. And it was, it was from that point, I was, I was blown away by the marriage of the two, just bringing me into a whole new realm of my, my being, my life. I think that's so amazing. That was, yeah, that was, I think, uh, about 15 months. <laughs> I was going to say, because I didn't mean gloss over it as in like, you didn't say it. I just thought that was bound to have been a longer journey. You're just like, kind of, there's yeah, a switch. But I can was. imagine there was a, like a lot of deep work that had to be done to get you from where you were to where you are, right? Very much. And this is what one thing that I really, really impress upon the people that I work with is that it's not, we're not looking for a quick fix for you. Mm -hmm. Real results from inside out take time and they should take time because you need to understand every part of you that's changing and progressing so that you know exactly what it is that you're doing this for, you know? hundred percent. So, yeah. Quick question on that as well. Did you do any work with your mental health prior to having children, prior to that bout of post depression? No. So no physical or mental health work to it. No, not a thing. Didn't even know it was a thing. How weird is that? Like, it was just, like, I don't know if this is more an Asian culture thing or just overall in, in the UK. We just didn't really speak about mental health. No, it makes sense. I mean, the time in which it was, it's only coming into light very recently now and mm -hmm. the stigma starts to break down, but this is very recent stuff. Yeah, because I was interested in that because I heard a quote very recently that resonated with me and like you touching on the part where you just said this is like a long-term thing is, um, there's this one spiritual teacher, I, I, his name slipped my mind, but he was basically saying like, when we look at, when he goes to present at his seminars, he's like, you know, people ask him like, what's the one thing I should do? What's this one hack that will help me like become enlightened yeah. or something like that? <laughs> the one thing, right? Exactly. And he's just like, how naive, you know, like it took you 15, 16 years of schooling to learn English, your first language. So how, how long do you think it's going to take you to learn your mind, right? So if you actually think of it from that perspective, like it's people think, okay, well, you know, like you said, like 15 months or so, you said to get yourself out of that dark place, but it's probably been ongoing work since then as well oh, to make God, sure you stayed yes, there, right? 100%. Yeah, it is. It has to be ongoing work because we are bombarded with all sorts of things that could regress us. So it has to be ongoing work. Doesn't mean you have to work at it in, at the same intensity. Very true. However, it is something that you do need to make sure is a part of your life forever and, and, and a good part of your life, something that you look forward to doing. 
Absolutely. No, I couldn't agree more. And I love that. And to add to the rest of your story, like where are you with your physical journey at the moment? I know you mentioned uh, a little bit <laughs> of story. A great, point. That. <laughs> great point to ask me that, actually. If you'd asked me this four weeks ago, I'd have been like, yeah, I'm feeling strong, feeling, <laughs> I'm eating like a beast. Um, yeah, it's not so right now. <laughs> so um, I was in growth phase at... Um, I'm going to take it back just a little bit because Please when do. I got lean, I I loved my body. I had shed a whole bunch of body fat and I loved the way I felt. I was very confident. The one thing I wasn't so much was strong. Interesting. And I, I didn't feel like I embodied that whole strong warrior woman that I talk about. And, you know, obviously, yes, you can be that from the inside out. But for me, it was important for me to also feel that way physically. 100%. So I started working on my strength and I wanted hypertrophy. I wanted to build muscle tone. And I'm, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I stopped and started that a few times. <laughs> because <laughs> as you know, muscle growth takes effort, takes work. And uh, like, I don't know if your school fat loss is easier than muscle growth, but from a mindset perspective for me, muscle growth is harder. Okay. Yeah, hundred percent. It's, it's more time consuming. It's you don't see those tangible results you yes. see with fat loss. Yeah, hundred percent. Exactly. So I was like comfortable with the whole. I'm I'm lean now. Everything looks good. Everything feels good. I can walk into any shop, my wardrobe, and put anything on it. It looks amazing. But in order to get my body mass and my my lean body mass at a place where I could look athletic and look strong. I needed to go through a transition of not being so lean and not being so <laughs> able to rip something out of um, my wardrobe and put it on and look amazing. And so I would do this thing where I would start building and then go back and cut. And uh, the thing, this is a drawback in our industry. When you know what to do, you kind of just naturally do it. So you go back naturally into the body fat dropping uh -huh principles of reducing your calories and upping your activity levels. And it, the thing is, it was never going to be useful for my longer term goals. So I, this year was like, right, mindset, let's cover the mindset. It took me a while to get my head in the right space, but I was like, right, I'm going to grow now. And that means I am going to have to buy a new set of clothes in a much bigger size and get comfortable <laughs> with putting on some body fat and not being lean. I, I worked on that. I worked really hard. I put on a good 5kg. How long was that, that time frame? Uh, so I started in October last year. Okay. And then I had a coach from January till March. And I then had my fall mm -hmm. <laughs> four weeks ago. And um, which basically my foot just slipped off of a bench. It was nothing, you know, tra training was not the issue. I fell. And which makes me feel even more annoyed because I actually... It's always the way. It is always. Isn't it just? It's like when you hear someone who sneezed and threw their back out. Literally. Like <laughs> oh. So I fell and um, they suspected a herniated disc and like I'm still in some pain. It's not as bad as it was. It is very slowly recovering, but it means that I can't any longer focus on nice big lifts and heavy progression that I was doing before. I've only been back in the gym for about five, six weeks. Ah, uh, it breaks my heart. <laughs> I know. So it was like adding insult to injury, right? So, um, yeah, I've had to drop my calories. I've had to refocus my, my attentions to rehab and isolation exercises and working on the smaller muscle groups for now. 
but I am remaining positive because I my recovery is pretty good. So I think that three months' time, I will be able to be back on that growth. So physically, yes, it was in a good place. Yes, I've had a bit of a tumble, pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> but um, the, you know what? I'm actually quite grateful for it because it's reminded me yet again that I am not invincible, that I do need to continue to be bloody careful with my body and that I am really now focusing yet again on technique, on control, on all those little nuances that we often forget when we're chucking big heavy weights around, right? I think we're both a very big believer in if you don't take the signs that life's giving you, it will force you to take those signs, right? <laughs> we, we had a couple of voice notes on this last year, I think, wasn't it? Aha, uh-huh, exactly. So maybe that was just a sign of like, all right, we're just going to give you this little injury now so you don't really go mess yourself up in the future. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Yeah. Oh, I, I really am like massively into the fact that yes, these things will happen. Yes, we could sit there and wallow in it and be like, oh, what was me? But what are we going to get from that? Actually, what can we learn from this to be better beyond this situation? 100%. And your, your story when you get lean again with all this new muscle that you built is going to be even better than it was really <laughs> before, right? <laughs> you can't see it, but I'm crossing my fingers, toes, and everything. <laughs> You'll get there. I have no doubt. Amazing. Oh, I loved hearing about that. And um, now I want to transition onto the questions. So I've done my best to keep this a little bit more broad because I feel like there will be male and female listeners, but this one is actually a more of a female related question to begin with. And just because of, I know that you are very, very unapologetically okay with entering into the weights area, dominating it <laughs> based on that Instagram post that you put up yesterday. Like, yo, oh yo bro, get out of the way. I'm, no. uh, I've arrived. No. Exactly. Yeah. So, and I know... The thing is, that's not even a joke, right? But this is the thing, right? And this is not normal for a lot of females and I would love it to be. And I feel like, you know, over the past years, it's definitely gotten better and better. But I want to get your take on how can women start getting more comfortable with going into the free weights area and, you know, being okay with being there and being feeling like they just have every right to be there as much as men do. Because I know a lot of females who've had comments from men they've had i know that you probably have as well they've had looks they've had all like outright physical abuse so please let me know how people start to get comfortable to the position that you find yourself in with being in the free weights area okay so this is going to be a little bit controversial you just have to fucking do it you just have to go in there and the way that like i obviously work with a lot of women and 90% of them have never stepped into a, the free weights area at the gym. And probably 75% of them have never stepped into a gym full stop, not even for classes or anything. Yep. Okay. So this is the thing. A lot of my clients will often come and be like, I want to start do, do home workouts. Like I've seen you get results from home workouts. And oh, of course, yes, you 100% can. We all proved it in lockdown. However... I never want anyone to feel like they don't belong in a place that is built for their growth and for their enjoyment and their, for their progress. And I see it as my playground and my temple. Mm-hmm. And I would love for more women to see it as the same place. Okay. One of the things that I do is step my ladies very, very carefully. If they're totally anti it, there's no point in going, just go to the gym. Here's your gym workout program. Okay. Okay. It's overwhelming and it just throws you back and it's literally like blinding them with the light. So what I have said, I've got one particular client of mine right now. She walked in, she looked around and she walked back out. And 
I was like, but you did it. You went in. You went in the bloody gym. True. Yeah, very true. Right? The next time I said, right, this time you're going to go there. You're going to get on a treadmill and do a little warm up. And that is all I want you to aim for. Just get in there, jump on a treadmill, do 10 minutes minimum, and then you can you can make the choice whether you stay there and do that session that I've written up for you or you go home and do the home one that you've been doing so far. So she did that. And then the following week, I was like, right, okay, this week, do the warm-up and you choose which exercise you want to do first and you do just that one exercise. That is the only expectation. And I stepped her through it. She is now like, the gym is my favorite, favorite place. That's amazing. And I, yeah, and I love that. And she only did one session a week at the gym to start off with. But this is the thing. A, overwhelm will get you. B, you are so worried about everyone looking at you when actually everyone's worried about everyone looking at them. And they're all there thinking the same thing. I'm going to get in, do my workout and get the hell out of here. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yes, you do get those situations where I had another client who (laughs) I'll tell you the story specifically. She set up for her squats um, and she at the squat rack at a gym and she started doing her first set. Guy came up, set up his deadlifts right behind her and he set up with quite heavy weights, like, you know, 120 kg was on his bar for his deadlifts. Great. Awesome. She said, and and she was very uncomfortable with the fact that he was right behind her. Mm -hmm. And all the other squat racks and and Olympic lifting areas were free, but he came and placed himself behind her. And she got into a bit of an altercation with him where he said to her, you move, this is not an area built for women. And I was like, and she's voice noting me and she was really upset about this. She'd been so excited to get back into the gym after a couple of years not using the gym. Yeah. And I was like, you know, okay, firstly, step back. He maybe, it could be possible that that's just his favorite area to do his deadlifts. We've all got those places. I have my favorite spot. That's fair. No, that's a good point. (laughs) And, And, you know, you have to remember that a lot of people who are avid gym goers do have their specific like that, I want that bench over there in that position and I want that squat rack. <laughs> and they have these little things that they've built up as precursors or, or parts of their anchors to their workout sessions. Hmm. But she was really annoyed by him and he ended up getting chucked out of the gym purely because he then got aggressive with her. Now, I don't think that she reacted badly in getting him removed from the gym, not because he set up behind her, but because of his aggression at her. Now, the thing is, the more that these women start seeing this kind of thing happen, it puts them off. Yet, this woman was like, you know what? It makes me want to be there even more now because it shouldn't be an area that, yeah, that, that men see as theirs and that women don't belong in. Because she was there doing exactly the same thing as he was, trying to be a better, stronger version of herself. So if you are really honest, that's the thing that you have to keep reminding yourself is that you're there for exactly the same reason as anyone else. doesn't matter their gender, their age, nothing, not a thing. So stick on your headphones, music that you love, that gets you fired up, that keeps you really high vibe and get your plan together. Be prepped, be planned. Don't go in there and be like, oh, I don't know what I'm going to do today. Don't walk about 
like you have no clue what you're doing there. You have a plan. If you've got a coach as well, you have a good plan written for you that you know exactly what you're doing. Walk in there with intent, with confidence, stick your music on and literally focus on yourself. That is all you are there to do. Very true. I like that starting point, which you said with the building of that current client you've got and just like getting her to the gym, getting her on there and just getting her comfortable with her surroundings first things first. It's not something I've used before, but I like that. But no, I'm a very big believer in like gyms should approach this with a zero tolerance standpoint. Like there's literally no excuse for that guy to go up against, you know, go behind her. Like we all have social skills and I actually think this is a larger problem with men actually. And it's not a problem of, you know, and this is the thing, right? Like as, as a man and even on like um, international women's day and everything like that, I'm like, I feel a little bit helpless. Like, what can I do here? And I'm like, well, actually it's not about me necessarily empowering women because the women are doing a great job of that. It's like, well, how do we be better men? And how do we encourage people to be better men? But it's so true, right? Because of like me hearing that, I'm like, there is no way in my mind, even if the gym is packed, that I'm going to go and deadlift behind a woman who's squatting in front of it. Like if I am, I'm going to turn the other side. I'm going to deadlift facing away from it. Like there's yeah, literally yeah. no viable excuse. And I, I get yeah. the whole precursor thing and everything along those lines. And that would annoy me in the past of like, if, if, if someone was like wasting time, you know, when someone's like scrolling and they're like on their leg extension, oh, like, you know, like I, I get that, but yeah, I just feel like I think maybe it's because I've been a trainer for a while now, but and I have a little bit more of a invested interest in making sure females feel comfortable in the gym. But it just yeah, it, yeah. yeah exactly. And you've seen it time and time again. So you want to help people to be more comfortable in a place that you love, that you work in. But yeah, it's 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 it is tough, and it does take some work. But let's be honest. The thing is, we do have to make ourselves uncomfortable first before we get comfortable. So you're never going to be comfortable with being in the free weights area if you keep hiding from it. Go in there, get in there, feel a little bit uncomfortable. No one's going to throw you out. No one's going to be rude to you. You're literally there just to focus on yourself and get the hell out. And then once you do that enough, it like genuinely, it will become your place of peace more than anything else. And when Pete, you will see, start seeing the regulars there who start understanding, okay, she's not here just for, you know, play. She's not here for playtime. She's here to work seriously on herself. And actually I found that the biggest, baddest looking, you know, gym goers, males, have been the nicest guys. They can be, yeah, exactly. And they'll be like, I'll spot you next time. Really go for that next rep. Or here, I'll help you with these weights. Really push yourself harder with this set. And I'm like, Thank you so much. Like, I, it, it's so nice to see that these men that people often are intimidated by or scared by, they are the ones who actually want to see you doing really well. 100%. It's the, it's the insecure little boys who are the ones who are going to create the issues like yeah. the other one, right? <laughs> That's the reality of it. Um, and just to touch on that, I also think, I don't know if you agree with this, there's going to be a part that you are just going to have to kind of except the fact that people are going to look right because of, I don't think it's, it's impossible because even like sometimes I catch eye contact with someone. I'm like, Oh, that was a bit longer than I expected, you know? And, um, well, they <laughs> I, I keep my eyes firmly fixed away anytime it's a hip thrust or a doctor machine, but you get my point, right? Like you will, like you're in a gym, you're in a closed space. You are going to be looking at people. So I feel like you almost have to detach as well. Cause if you think everyone's looking at me and you look up and around and there are people looking at you, which there will be, I feel like there has to be an element of like, get yourself comfortable, but also get yourself kind of ignorant to everyone around you as well. Cause if, like you said, zone in on you, because if you do focus on everyone else and what they're doing, 
they will be looking. Most people will. Yeah, absolutely. It's natural. We always look up when someone looks up at us. Yeah. It's a very natural connection. But the one thing I will say is I have a little tip. Because when I train, and, and this isn't me tooting my horn, but when I train, people do watch. People do look. And I've learned to turn that into a benefit for me because it makes, it forces me to concentrate on making uh-huh. sure every damn rep is perfect and that they have something impressive to watch. <laughs> I love that. And I'll be honest, like even as an experienced gym goer as well, like if I see a girl and she's like retracted her shoulders and she's like, you know, in the depths of an RDL and her, her spine's still in like in a good position, I'm like, damn, like, you know, you do watch because you're like, there, there's, there's a bit of admiration there. It's like, I'm not checking you out. I'm just like, damn, you got 80 kilos on the bar. Like, <laughs> This, this is it and this is what like when literally that week before I had my fall I was doing my weighted pull-ups and two of the PTs came over at the end of it and they were like oh my god you are freaking amazing about your pull-ups like we haven't seen anyone do weighted like any women do weighted pull-ups here like and they were doing the whole are we bow to you and I was like <laughs> oh my god stop being sick and they literally when they said we were watching every single set and you were just amazing and I was like damn if I'd known I would have bloody tidied it up yeah. <laughs> like giving you something really good to watch I like but that this, but this is the thing it's really not for me it was really good to hear that they were appreciating the quality of the work that I was doing there yeah okay and that's the thing not, like you said not everyone is watching you for unsolicited reasons some people are watching you because a they're in awe of what you're doing B, they haven't really seen anyone do like a female walk in and, and, and actually use weights properly. Yeah. So they're like, whoa, that, that's actually very impressive. No, it's and so true. Exactly. And then there are some men who just do not lift as well as you do and who are watching you to learn from you. And I've had that many a time too. And if those are the cases, sweethearts, please lean into that and help to teach these people the ways. <laughs> 100%. Like I can agree more. And it's funny because of like, I'm getting to a point now where my strength is getting better than it's ever been. And I'm lifting numbers that I've not lifted before. I'm sorry to say this during your injury, but like for the first time, like usually it's weird because of people like, oh, people must come up to you in the gym all the time. Like not really actually. Like I, I just get about my business, but past two lifts, I've gone my heaviest deadlift, my heaviest overhead press. I've had two guys comment on how much I'm lifting just because I'm lifting that much right where it's and that's going to be the same with some certain females as well like yeah. i get more comments because of the way i'm lifting is different to what most people are doing and the same will be with you if you actually are doing decent technique and the reality is if you've got a coach and you've got a plan you're probably doing better than 90 percent of the people in there yeah so you will get attention no so it's really interesting and um the final point of that is like what do you think about strength in numbers do you think you should be bringing your friends along should you maybe get a personal trainer to get going if you want to get comfortable what do you think to that I think getting a personal trainer is a real win to start you off with so that you get comfortable. Mm. The only thing that I start seeing is that people become reliant on having a personal trainer physically there. Good point. And then they're like, I don't need to go because I don't have a PT session. And actually, why? Why do you think you can't do this? They're there to help you with your techniques to make sure that you're, you know, doing the right thing at the right point for your body. Your cues are correct. But when you, you've done that exercise enough, you know you're good enough that you don't need to have them there, mm-hmm. okay? So that's my thing with PTs. And that's nothing against PTs. I'm a PT, you're a PT. We've, we've all done it. We've all walked the gym floor and had clients. However, 
you will not need a PT forever. What I don't agree with is training in packs. So when you say training in in numbers, in groups, I'm not a big fan. Okay. Firstly, it's really intimidating for the people, everyone else in the gym. When you find three, four people hogged around a machine, sometimes they're supersetting and they're, they're taking up like three, four different pieces of equipment. That annoys the absolute life out of me. But also... When you are there, you're basically, when you train in numbers, people train for ego and they're there trying to outshine each other. Mm-hmm. And, and I've seen this many a time where it just becomes so unsafe. And I'm watching these men's technique. Sorry, I say men because I don't often see women training in packs. They don't train with <laughs> egos either, to be fair. <laughs> I, no, I'm not saying I don't train with ego. I have very much trained in ego. <laughs> but... You know, the pack mentality, they want to outdo each other and they want everyone to look. That Those are the people that want the attention. And I'm like, oh my God, someone's going to hurt themselves here because this is so like wrong what you are doing. Mm-hmm. And it's all in a bid to just be better than each other and impress each other. And it's just like, well, actually, if you if you just cut out those three guys, dude, you'd be amazing on your own. Literally, 100%. I couldn't agree more with that. I mean, I don't think my people having a training partner. It's never been something for me. No, I've been very. Good. Yeah, I've, I've been more of a lone wolf when it comes to my training, but I think that no more than one. Like, bring your friend, but also if you yeah. find that they're bringing, they're holding you down because they're usually, it's quite hard to find someone that's at your same level, right? Yes. So I think it's important to be like, pick your training partner wisely. And if they don't serve you, but they got you into getting confident in the gym, like drop them. (laughs) Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. Like genuinely, I have a lot of people who are like, oh, I'd love to get a training session in with you. And I'm like, I I actually would prefer not to because you'll get offended when I'm like, right, okay, I I don't want to train with you anymore. And this is the thing. It's your, when you have a training partner, you don't end up focusing on your lifts. You're kind of teamworking. Yeah, and true. you're only as strong as the weakest one of you. So one of you always ends up take, ha, ha, basically having the short straw. <laughs> so for me, yes, have a training partner if they're on the same level as you, if they're not going to hold you back, if they're not going to flake out on a session just before you're about to leave and then you don't go just because they couldn't make it. In those situations, you're better off doing it and relying on your own self. If you need a spot, ask a damn member of staff at the gym Mm -hmm. or ask someone that you trust that lifts well, who you've seen train well at the gym itself. And I do that a lot. If I need a spot, I will find the right person to come and help me do it. I won't train with someone just because I want to progress. Agreed. Hundred percent. Yeah, no, I'm I'm totally with you there. I feel like there's probably um I've not done the topic of should you train with a training partner, so I might do that and cover that in a little bit more depth. <laughs> I like that. So I want to transition on to the next one, which is more nutrition related, but I think that answered that question very nicely. And this one again is a very personal one because I've seen what you do on on Instagram with your family and how well you incorporate your children into your lifestyle. Um, and that's yeah. one of the biggest questions I have for a lot of the guys that I work with. They're like, you know, I want this to work for my entire family. I can't just be cooking three different meals. How have you gone about it? And how have you kind of broken the norm of what people expect you should be eating as well? Because I know you've had, you know, certain conversations with parents about what your kids are bringing into school or they're, what they're eating. Yeah. Or, so give me some context on how you incorporate your family into your health and fitness lifestyle. What you'll find with kids is monkey see, monkey do. Okay. (laughs) And yes, I apologize to all those people that take that in a derogatory way. But these kids are literally going to be led by example. You can say everything you want. 
those ears are there to uh, 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 they basically hear that as lip service when you are telling them what to do <laughs> have your veg have your you know meal before you have your pudding do this do that but they will watch everything you do and they will emulate that more so than they listen to what you you tell them to do mm. okay so the, the whole reason that we are coaches we look good we train well because we want to embody everything that we want our clients to do same thing for our kids and our family members we have to embody the lifestyle the choices that we want them to also take on very sure so i will have my veg with every single meal i will prioritize that all the nutrients before we then head into the okay here we go here's cake and custard or here's a chocolate muffin mhm these kind of choices and these kind of patterns and habits that you start embodying become theirs as well just naturally without it becoming a sermon or a teaching okay yeah because none of us like to be talked at no matter how old we are my kids can't stand it <laughs> how old are your children if you don't mind me asking so uh, my children so my son is 6 six. and my daughter is 9 nine perfect so but i started when my son was 9 months and for all intents and purposes like just overall i was like that mum who was like everything has to be freshly made and all fresh fruits and vegetables and no refined sugar so i i i kind of did that for them but i was on the side eating all of that rubbish and then it was you know you start seeing a correlation between them starting to delve more into the very highly processed foods that you're having so i was like right get rid of it out the house it was all out the house now yeah and so we all ate much better and it wasn't sort of a question that is mummy doing the same thing as us however from the perspective of incorporating it this kind of action at meal times and cooking multiple different meals i don't actually have anything against that because to start off with yeah you're going to have to have different meals because you shoving your you know i'm a vegetarian and and me shoving my tofu vegetables and rice in front of them without any sort of conversation or anything like that they're going to be like what the hell is this you have it so instead i was eating it and i'd have their meals them eating whatever they wanted pasta or whatever it is on the side i'm eating my meal and it could be tofu with pasta but the addition of the protein and all the veg on the side Love and that. they're like oh what's that what's that mummy what what are you having there and mm-hmm. before i've even said anything they're picking bits and pieces out of my plate so then you know next time okay actually i'm going to cook the extra and they're going to ask for it and I'll be like actually here's yours <laughs> stop taking it out of my plate <laughs> and then obviously there are going to be times like i am a big advocate of batch cooking meal prepping because as a busy working mom time is of the essence and i'm all about convenience and it's mm-hmm. not just keeping the consistency in your macros or your calories that matter it's also just making life a heck of a lot easier for me so true right So when I batch cook my food, I will always make like I will batch cook the rice and things like that for the kids. If they on a certain day like, "Mummy, we really don't want this. So can we have this instead, please?" I'm like, "All right, that's cool. My food's already ready. It's going to take me 10-15 minutes to make something different for you." It's not really a whole arsehole to to create a brand new fresh from, you know, a scratch meal. Mm-hmm. But that's sort of it depends on the person if you are one of those people like i have a couple of stay at home moms who are like i'm going to cook fresh every single day my kids will have this my husband will have this and i'll have this i'm like okay if that works for you awesome go for it like you know yeah. i am the only vegetarian in my household so i do have to make sure that i have my veggie prep done separately and there 
meat, chicken, fish, whatever it is, done separately as well. It's not that I'm going to only make sure that they're eating vegetarian just because I'm vegetarian. So it does depend on your own household and the dynamics, but you'll find that the more that you live that kind of lifestyle, have those habits, your kids will start learning from you and incorporating that just naturally into their own lives. I'll take my kids to birthday parties and they will pick the veg sticks first. They will empty pretty much the whole thing. And then, they, and then they'll still have all the crap on the side, mm-hmm. but they're choosing to have the micros first before the processed, which I love because I'm not going to restrict them, but I'm happy that they're making that choice to have that first. I can't tell you how much I love hearing you say this. This is such music to my ears. <laughs> like I've been where you're at in terms of that mentality, but obviously I don't have children myself. So I'm trying to empower the parents on my team to do this. Yeah. And it's hard for me to kind of say it from a place of experience, but hearing you say it, and I also want you to highlight how busy you actually are as well. Like, cause oh, of- man. Like, you know, that's the excuse most of the time, right? It's like, well, I don't have time to cook all these other meals. And, you know, and it just simply comes down to priorities, right? It does. And you will always make time for something you deem a priority. And that's the thing. I will say that across many, many different things. If you've not prioritized exercise, it's because you, it, you didn't think it would give you what you needed at that point in your life. If you haven't prioritized your cooking, your meal prepping, it's because you hadn't prioritized your gut health or your nutrition at that point in your life. If you are focused on it now, then lean into it, make things convenient yourself. And there's nothing wrong, nothing wrong at all with having frozen veg instead of going out and buying fresh veg Mm -hmm. or frozen fruit or even packet microwave rice. If it makes things easier and more convenient for you to stay consistent with what you want uh, and, and you have goals specifically aligned for that, then make it convenient for yourself. Like invest your time into things that will give you back much more. I couldn't agree more. Yes. Yeah, like the frozen veg and the microwave rice is going to be quicker. I mean, more healthy than what you're going to choose if you don't have time and you don't know what to give them anyway, right? It's just like it's exactly. I'm. I don't like it when people get really precious about you know and judgmental about people using convenience foods because it's not just it, it's not dead food. Let's be honest, you you use frozen veg, actually, it's probably got more nutrients retained just from the fact that they freeze it so damn quick after picking it than your, you know, green grocers who's had it sat there for a couple of days. I feel like the same people who say that, oh, we only cook fresh and everything like that. They're the ones who are potentially not doing exercise. They're going to have the takeaway. They're going to be having the alcohol. But when it comes to that fresh veg, like... (laughs) so true isn't it you have no idea what that takeaway <laughs> has been built with okay it may taste good but they put a whole lot of junk in there to make it taste that way uh-huh and like when we look at especially if you're a meat eater as well and like the quality of that that protein and the quality of that that mm-hmm. meat like that's going to be more detrimental than frozen veg that's for sure 100%. and yeah. what was interesting is you mentioned that your kids choose their micros first what i don't yeah. think this is a really good question to carry on from this is that do you speak to them in that language you do they understand yeah. about nutrition yeah please I'm, i want to dive deep into your world and this this now i feel like this is going to be really helpful for all the parents listening because I don't know how and I didn't buy it I think someone had some leftover health related books um some neighbors or something and they dropped a whole bunch of it over and these are old old books yeah and in there there's a book that I might have here actually no I don't my son my son keeps it by his bed oh. and it basically tells you 
macro breakdowns of meals. And it gives you like, you know, how much to eat if you're looking for weight loss, how much to eat on maintenance, how much to eat if you're looking for weight gain. And he sits there reading this like it's a bedtime story. (laughs) And he's like, I I cook. He's like, "Um, mommy, what carbs have we got today? Wow, that's impressive. And my daughter, yeah, my daughter's like, like genuinely, if I plant a protein shake later and I'm like, I just need a quick carb here after my workout. She'll be just like, mommy. You're, pro- you're missing a protein right now. You're going to need your protein. And I'm like, God, it's like having a living coat here. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I do talk about it. Like, they obviously hear me talk about it to clients and things like that mm. as well. Um, and I'm not mad about that because, yes, they still see food as food. You know, we're still talking cakes, biscuits and things. But they're also seeing the fact that I need my protein in my food today. And they know that, like, literally, when I'm putting my son's overnight oats together... He's like, um, what proteins are we having in there today? So we'll chuck in the nuts and we'll chuck in the um, milled seeds and stuff like that. And I'm like, you know, I'm so happy that you understand what you need in, in a balanced meal. That's and then we'll pack in a few chocolate chips and things as well. But it's like I said, for them, it's about balance and understanding. So that it doesn't need to become a big thing of education or a lack of later on when they're yeah, I, I will help them set the foundation. God knows what they do with it later. <laughs> yeah, well, that's all you can do, right? And I think even exactly. like, aside from children, like anyone's like, you know, I, I think I did a recent topic is like how to get your overweight partner in shape. I'm like, the most important thing you do is lead the damn way, right? You don't damn like, right. yeah, you don't push it on them. Yeah. You don't do it. You just lead the example. And like, you know, the amount of people have said, oh, my, my partner's not picking it up. I'm like, you've only been working with me for two or three months. Do it for two or three years. And then, you know, that's leading by the like example. And it's actually, then they will be like, oh, actually, this isn't just a phase. It is something they're taking seriously. And they're actually, you know, they're looking good. They're feeling good. I want a bit of that. So it eventually- I match that, exactly. I have to admit, most of the men now that I have coming on board, my warrior men, they are husbands and partners of existing clients who yep. have been- literally leading the way for them to find a whole better way of life and these are people who are leading into marriage people who are married who have kids and even you know people with adult children they're like right now i can focus on us and it's so wonderful to see that because you these women they don't even realize how much they're inspiring the people around them by just by bettering themselves that's one of like my favorite parts of coaching it's like that impact that yeah that's next person impact by the as a byproduct of doing your own journey it's like it's so powerful it's so powerful and, and probably oh, overlooked as well right um and i could i've wished that we did a whole podcast on the children related stuff because <laughs> i might have to bring my ch- children on you, you should i will let me just add one question before we go on to the next one which is yeah. There's going to be a, like, I'm, I'm, you know, you're preaching to the, like, to the choir here, I think, or is, I think that's the right term to say, but I'm so on board with that. Whereas I know a lot of people will be like, oh, you're not worried about them worrying about their body image. And do you worry about them being obsessive with food? That they're, they're young, they're kids, they need to lift. Tell me what your thoughts are on that, especially when it comes to body yeah, image. This is, yeah, this is actually quite a key thing because um, my, like my daughter, she used to be extremely physically active when she was, um, like before lockdown, mm-hmm. extremely active. And now she, like over lockdown, obviously activity level, levels died down and she wasn't that interested in Joe Wicks' PE sessions every morning. <laughs> <laughs> no comment. Sorry. 
I love you, Joe Wicks. Sorry. <laughs> I'll tell him that when he's on the podcast one day. <laughs> <laughs> Can I come on as well? Like, <laughs> but she wasn't, she wasn't that interested. And um, so I, I, we tried really hard to find ways of her being physical within her own love. Like she had a, a goal of doing cartwheels and things like that and she loved because obviously she knows I write training plans she loved writing little exercise circuits and stuff and we do it for fun mm. and we play games more so outside but she did obviously just by sheer nature of being less active than she was at school and having less structured um, eating times she did obviously you know put on a little bit of weight which is obviously fine as a child mm. We didn't make a thing of it, but she started noticing it because obviously certain things no longer fit her. And I, I don't really talk about this because I feel like it's her personal journey. But I think it's important that people do know that kids like she, obviously I am a, a body transformation coach and she hears that kind of language all the time. But more so, this is why I started changing my language, especially since lockdown about the fact that this is all about bringing out the best in you. If you are at your best right now, it does not matter. It does not matter what you're, you know, what you're choosing above anything else and you, that you are happy and healthy is the most important thing, okay? Do you have energy to run around? If mummy ran after you, would you be able to run and, mm -hmm. and mummy not catch you? If not, then what do you need to do? <laughs> do you want me to catch you and tickle the absolute life out of you? She's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> then we need to get faster. Let's work on getting you faster, okay? We make it more of a fun thing, like be active, to feel good, to be fitter, to be weller, to weller. Is that even a word? <laughs> 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 and then also she knows that once she's done that, she is sleeping better. On the days that she's not as physically active, she finds it difficult to get to sleep. So we talk about fitness and health and talking about macros more from a what does my body need right now perspective rather than do I need to lose weight? Do I need to gain weight? Do I look okay? 100%. And, and like, honestly, she will sit there and she's just like, oh, when I grow up, I wouldn't have abs. I'm like, why? What do you actually want abs for? And I'm not saying don't have them, but I'm asking her because I want her to understand her driving factors behind it. If it's because everyone else has it, I've got a whole bunch of education to do there yeah. with her. If it's because she's like, you know, I want to be a fitness model or something like that. Okay, fine. No judgment. She can do that if she wants and we'll work on that. But I want it to be done in a healthy way where mentally she knows that it's not necessary, A, for good health yep. and B, that it's not something that she can sustain lifelong. If she wants to look a certain way, that's not going to be a fun part of life. Yes, if she wants to just prove to herself that she can get it and that she has the drive and determination and that she was able to achieve that and then go on and live a, a normal and balanced life, then that's fine. But if she makes it her life source, then again, that's a whole bunch of education I've got to tap into. Yeah, exactly. And I don't think that that would be unusual because of she, it's not that she's picking up abs. If that is her rationale, she would pick up anything. It's just the one that she's yeah. most familiar with. And to probably exactly. a lot more children, even if their mom isn't a body transformation coach, they're going to see people and people like with the generation of social media and everything along those lines, they are going to see someone. So yeah, I think that that's going to happen regardless of whether it's choosing abs or choosing to chase the 
you know, the dream job or car or house or that type Very of much. success. Yeah. But yeah, no, I completely agree. And one of the biggest things I say to add to that is like, it's all comes down to your terminology, right? Like if you're saying uh, mommy's on a diet or daddy's on a diet because of he needs to lose weight because he's fat, he's overweight and all this type of stuff. Then of course, you know, you don't want your, you don't want your adult, you don't want adults to hear that, let alone children, right? No. So, but if you do it and like, you know, daddy wants to be healthier, you know, he wants to wake exactly. up in the morning and feel energetic and, you know, yeah that's the route you've got to go down. And same with the children. Like you said, lean into what their interests are. So it's like, okay, they really like football. Do you want to be better at football? Or guess how you can get an edge that's not skill related. You yeah. eat this food, right? And um, yeah, I think that that's, I, it's good to hear you back that up. And I think I completely agree. It's just it comes down to your terminology. And then first things first, you have to be educated as the parent. So you need to make the effort in your own health and fitness yes. first, right? Otherwise yeah. you can't expect that from them. This is it. It's, it's, it. You have to understand why you are thinking like that in order for them to understand it in the very same way. If your reasons behind doing certain things are not as wholesome and you're sort of, you've got that own ter your, the terminology that's not helpful for you, of course it's not going to be helpful for them. 100%. Mm -mm, and people got to be aware that most of that will come from their conditioning that they've not worked on yet. So it's going to be a hard one, but they need to be mindful of their own terminology first. And then it's not, an, the issue isn't educating your children or talking to them about these things. You should. It's just you just need to be careful about the way in which you portray and the, what the language you use, right? Absolutely. All right. Amazing. That covers that whole segment, which I really <laughs> want to do more of. But we'll transition into the last one. And this one, again, very relative to where you're at. And obviously, you are an extremely confident empowering woman and you are full of, full of self-confidence and body confidence to some degree i should imagine so <laughs> i want to know you, are, you you know you're sassy you are always like you know saying what you want to say and trying, saying authentic yeah. to yourself and it's not easy to build that level of confidence it's really not and i want to know what your tips are for building both body confidence and self-confidence in general they're, they're both synonymous with each other you think um, so yeah you can be body confident and not have any self-confidence. Ah, uh, so you mean that, yeah, you could, yeah, yeah, they can both, they don't need to exist together. They can exist. Um, yeah, can't you? You yeah. can also be self-confident and not have body confidence. Reason being is because it, it depends on where you are placing that confidence. So for example, in the corporate world, I was extremely confident in my ability, in my skill set, in what I was delivering in my job. And it was a pretty big, stressful job. However, ask me about my body confidence then, and it was rock bottom. Mm -hmm. But the two can be very, very well matched because the minute that I started working on my body confidence by way of getting stronger, fitter, kickboxing, dealing with very, very amazing, you know, stress, physical stressful situations like tournaments and sparring and stuff like that, it basically gave me the kind of self-confidence to like on a whole other level in my corporate work, uh, life. And I started to be more comfortable with speaking my mind because I was so much more confident overall across the body, across my skill set, across my abilities. And you start realizing, God damn, I'm fucking powerful. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> and genuinely, I used to be worried that if I spoke out and if I really showed what I was proud of, what I was confident about, that people wouldn't like me. Then you realize those are the people you really don't want around you anyway. If they're not inspired 
if they're not taken, if they're not sort of aligned with everything that you want to be and show of yourself, they're not the right people to be around you anyway. And so this is why I decided, and I, you and I had a little bit of a chat before this, when I, like, I, I'm going to be as real as I can, but a lot of my previous social media posts and the things mm. that I used to post were very driven by what I saw, what the trend was, what everyone else was doing and what I thought people would react well to. Yep. Not necessarily for likes, but just to find me interesting. And I think it was last year, year before, I was like, actually, I'm going to block all the noise now. I'm going to find me and I'm going to become a much, much more authentic version of me. The one that doesn't do things to serve other people and need validation. I'm going to do things that sit well with me. I'm going to give out the information that I think people need, that I think they should be embodying in their life, that, that I think that they would get a lot from. And it comes from me, not from what do you want, but what do I think that I have a value to impart to you. And if that's me and my crazy TikToks that I want to make you smile and laugh, then I'm going to bloody do that. You know why? Because it makes me feel good. And if I feel good, I know I can make you feel good. Okay. And so I started being this much more authentic version of myself by embodying that confidence, the self-confidence, the body confidence. There are days I'm bloated and I'm like, hmm, don't know if I should really do this. I don't know if I should film myself or take a picture. And I'm just like, it is what it is. Like if these people don't see me at different stages of my journey, life, day even, then they're not going to understand that this is my real life, not my real life. R-E-A-L versus R-E-W-E-L. <laughs> it makes more sense when you see it on a story, doesn't it? But yeah, it's the difference between you being confident in what you are doing and what your passion and drive is for what you're doing versus, you know, everyone else that you see just looking for that validation in what they're posting. I can't stand that. I was just going to say, I think like self-awareness and authenticity combined is like the biggest superpower that we could possibly have. I mean, the more you lean into that and the more that you, I feel like everyone deep down, obviously we are, you know, impression, but like we, we don't think we're that impressionable as adults. We say kids are so impressionable. You know, we, we limit what they watch on TV and all that type of stuff. Adults are just as impressionable. Like, oh God, yes. like they just totally are. And I think that we don't, I think we give ourselves too much credit thinking, yeah, we're doing this because we want to do it. When actually reality is, is that we're so influenced by our environment, but we don't have like the metacognition to actually step back and be like, oh, actually that's because I'm, I'm doing that because of this. As you said, like you blocked a bunch of people on Instagram because of, you didn't even understand how much they were like playing with your vibe and creating you to be someone else that you potentially did, wouldn't. And I feel like if people can just take a little bit of a step back and realize that's going on and listen to their inner voice, which we all have, like, you know, when you go to bed at night, you know, like your conscious will tell you whether you're doing the right or wrong thing or not, right? And then once you start listening to that, and I'm saying, I'm speaking from a very, very present place as well, because I'm in the process of doing this myself. Like I've done things recently where I'm like, this is so out of alignment with myself and I can feel it so bad. <laughs> and I'm like, I can feel it within me. But before I'm like, I'm honoring this feeling because before I would have done it and not realized, you know, but it's now that I've got this awareness, I'm just like, yeah, no, <laughs> like this is not me. So I think it's it's crazy to think that how influential our environment is, but also how much inner knowledge we have about ourselves if we just choose yeah. to listen. 
Self-awareness is great. Knowing that you are affected by this is great. It's the self-mastery that will get you in a whole other place, okay? And, and, and that's when you operate from a self-mastery perspective, you bring the right people to you. How do you take those steps from self-awareness to self-mastery? Because I think this is probably quite a gap in the industry. It's at the not just recognizing that this is an issue for you. It's taking the actions to stop. Yes. So, for example, like I said, when I was being influenced by, triggered mm. by people's things that, you know, I was seeing come up in my feed by people who were messaging me, you know, I blocked. I blocked and unfollowed. I did a whole bunch of that silly shit. And I was like, you know... I don't want to keep being bombarded by the stuff that makes brings my vibe down and makes me less authentic. It, I could just carry on and let, letting it come to me and thinking it wasn't affecting me and watching my phone going, yeah, look at that. That's just that's just silly. But then in the, you, at the back of your mind, you are absorbing it. Subconsciously, you are absorbing it. Yeah. And so, I, like you said, you go to bed at night, you know what you, you know, what your authentic self is sort of has done or what's sat well with you. So I do this thing every single night and I'm like, okay, what did you do today that made you really proud of yourself? Oh, like that. Yeah. And I, and I will go through and I, if I don't, normally there's two, I try to get at least one. Can you give me some examples of what they might be? Um, so for me, like the other day, my daughter did something and I didn't lose my shit. <laughs> Love that. <laughs> I was more conscious as a parent and I dealt with it in a much more, I don't want to say grown up way, but that's the word, in a, in a conscious way. I was more sort of, let's delve into why this happened and why this keeps happening rather than, wow, you've done it again. And, and yeah, that was me. <laughs> I didn't want to be the shouty mom. So I was like, I'm really proud of myself. And, you know, there was a part of me that was just like, oh, this is so ridiculous. I'm having to do this again. But it's things like that where you can recognize where you are improving in a certain area. And that's the kind of thing that makes me proud. It's not perfection. It's never perfection. It's not me nailing this parenthood thing. It's me going, all right, this is what I used to be like, and this is what I did this time. So actually, I'm really proud of myself. I just need to make sure I do more of this. And then the next thing I'll do is talk about or ask myself what things I knew I could improve on from that day. I'm going to need examples for this one as well. <laughs> so I, I could use the same example, but this time for my son, where I did <laughs> And I literally was like, oh, oh my God, why do you have to do I think we were leaving to go somewhere and like we were, had to be really quick and he spilled some water and I was just like, oh my God, really? Now, now? We have to do this now? We can't. And honestly, it was just some spilled water. I'm like, why did I react like that? It was so stupid. And so I was like, okay, we need to work on this area just because you're on a time constraint. And with her, I wasn't. I was sitting there relaxing so I could be a little bit more calmer and choose the right direction because I was stressed about the time constraint we had when leaving and he'd made that mistake I was like lost all the marbles and I was like "Mm, this kind of needs to be something that you work on now where okay maybe you might need to start prepping 10-15 minutes earlier so that if something like this happens you don't react like an absolute mini (laughs) (laughs) I know I love that and you make such a good point because of it's any certain situation, whether it's children, whether it's relationship, whatever it is, the thing that 
like basically makes you blow is not the thing that's actually bothering you. Like you said, you don't like it's spilt water, but the reality was is that you probably, you know, didn't want to not have more than 30 seconds before you had to leave the house, right? Like it was the time constraints that were the problem. Same with your daughter, right? Once you dig deep into that, like you'll realize there's something beneath the surface that's actually making her do that thing again, right? And then it's, yeah, and this is it. Like anytime you look at like, well, why am I really mad? And I feel like we just put these blanket things over it. Like, oh, I'm angry, I'm stressed. But actually like, okay, what? why am I? Am I actually stressed or am I actually just like really frustrated with the fact that I don't have more than five minutes to myself in the morning? Or, you know, I didn't have those five minutes to like meditate this morning and that's why yes. I'm a bit grumpy, you know? Oh my gosh, that is a, like, honestly, that being able to, understand what it is that's leading you to react a certain way is going to then help you to do that whole self-mastery thing massively. And that's when, like I said, you have to take the action. You can't just know it. You have to work towards it. 100%. Couldn't agree more. So we'd say, so building your body, you know, going into things like kickboxing, the gym, um, understanding how effing powerful you actually are, uh, (laughs) deep reflection, you know, yeah, like that introspection as well. Anything else to add to that to add more self-confidence and body confidence as well? God, there's a whole load. We could do a whole episode. On another that, one, Le- lean into your authentic self. That's another one I didn't. Uh, yeah, yeah. The, the authentic self has been the biggest game changer. And I tell people this all the time, but make time for yourself. Make time for yourself. And it's a ga- another game changer for your body and self-confidence. Yes, you can talk about the training, nutrition, all of that. That will all build into your body confidence and self-confidence. The more you do something, the more you practice it, the better you become. All of that just overall makes you more confident. But you need to make that time for yourself. You need to make more time to understand yourself. Okay? Uh And this is what then will help you to become more confident because you know what drives you as a person. It may not... Somebody might be like, I just love wearing, um, you know bodycon dresses that makes me feel really body confident for me feeling body confident is being able to get back to those deadlifts that I was doing so it's two very different drivers but both lead that lead a person to feeling that body confidence for example you need to know what your driving factors are and for that you need to really understand yourself and for that you need to spend time looking at yourself and spending time with yourself you and I both know about that because we're actually, as much as we can, you know, chew the fat here on a podcast, we're, we're actually quite introverted. Absolutely. So I find that a lot of people who are introverts like this tend to get through to that point of themselves much quicker because they're used to and love being around themselves. 100%. And we had, we had this bit of a conversation before, and I would say that even as an introvert, like, you like being around yourself, but you might not like the things going on in your head because I've definitely been there where I'm like, I don't, I don't want to sit with this guy. And sometimes I'm like, I like my enjoyment is actually going like, you know, as an introvert, I like, I sometimes like going to see people because they get me out of my own head, you know? So sometimes it can be hard. So like, yeah, but definitely spending that time alone, which I don't think a lot of people carve out the time to do it intentionally a lot of people are like yeah. oh i've got a night in on my own so i'm gonna scroll watch netflix and distract myself whereas like how about you just sit with yourself you know open up yeah. a journal like write what's on your mind take a walk right like that's the perfect amount of like physical activities kind of like keep you going but not and uh, not be so distracted that you feel the need to take out your phone as extra but i feel like that's yeah that's key and i feel like if you actually take that moment to say yeah. Okay. Well, there's two things, right? If you can't get enough alone time at the moment, carve it out and like 
make it a non-negotiable and make it really a big priority. And the second part is if you feel like you do have a lot of that time to yourself, make it intentional. Like that, that's the thing. Don't go and distract yourself. Like just because it's an evening doesn't mean you you have to use it by watching Netflix, like make that time and just, but I'm going to ask myself a few different questions. Like I've come up with a few differently. And I I, recently, I should say that was, so there was a couple, there was one I had on the podcast recently. He said, who would I be without all of my fears? Oh my god! Right, that's a big one, isn't it? Oh, and you I'm just sit. Write that one down. <laughs> <laughs> and you just sit there and think, like, wow. Imagine if I wasn't fearful of this or this. I didn't have this insecurity, and like, and like my my you know first thing that came to my mind is like, I'd be so free. Okay, what would you do if you were free? And you just like channel that. And you're like, well, why can't I be that? And then yes. all of a sudden, you're just like, God damn, there's a whole new level to me that I didn't realize. But I feel like you've just got to have a a bit of a, a sense of who you could possibly be or what life could be like. And you're like, well, that actually exists behind, like once I need to deal with all this stuff and that's yeah. inspiring, that's exciting. And like, like you said, if you can lean towards yeah, it that. Is, it is scary, but that's the thing. Mastering your fears, understanding yourself and you become limitless. hundred percent, hundred percent. But it takes a lot of work, right? It takes a lot of work. And I feel like almost you've got i wouldn't say you have to fake it until you make it but you've also got to embody it because if i feel like that's what you've done a very good job of and I actually want to acknowledge you for is that you know i have actually only met you in person once i think right however yeah, yeah. it was just the once wasn't it just the once right and it wasn't like a, a deep one-to-one interaction together and that was it. exactly that's what i mean so it wasn't that much of a deep interaction but I know about you because of the way you portray yourself, right? Whereas, you know, a lot of people will potentially do this work, but then you've got to lean into like, you know, your powerful self. Like you said, you just realize, well, if I am really powerful, let me, let me, you know, there's obviously a fine line between ego and, you know, being self-confident, but you do have to then take that forward and be adopted as an identity. And that's what you've done really well because of I'm using words like, you know, you've even used words like warrior and I've used sassy, I've used empowered, but that's what you've created for yourself because of you have the ability to do that. Everyone has abilities to create their own identity. Everybody has the ability. Absolutely every single, this is why when I say to anyone who comes on board with me, man, woman, whoever it is, it's I'm not changing you. I'm not here to change you. What I'm here to do is bring out the very best of you. You're already amazing. And I like one of my um, clients yesterday, she blessed her. She did, she wrote up such a lovely um, review of mm. a radio show that I was on um, a couple of nights ago. And she was just like, thank you so much for, you know, X, Y, Z. And I was like, actually, I didn't do anything. I didn't give you anything other than all I did was stoke the fires, the flame of the fire that you already have inside you. And we're just making them bright, brighter and bigger. And she was like, oh my God, that really does make such a difference to know that it was already inside me. It is, it's inside every single one of us, but it just depends. Do we have the people that douse it with and, and dilute it and mm-hmm. water down that fire? Or do we have the people that keep fueling it and stoke it and really push you and prod you to become a bigger, brighter flame, right? So this is it, this is why it, I don't believe that we are in the business of changing people. We are in the business of just helping them become their very, very best. I have no words. And that's a first. 
<laughs> no, you've summed that up beautifully and I couldn't agree more. I really couldn't. Like you, like you said, you're just literally unlocking what's already inside them and allowing them to be their highest version. Like that is literally yeah. what it comes down to. Like, again, you didn't put anything in them. Yes. I mean, if anything, you took a lot of things off them, which is body weight, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> So in reality, like you've just helped them like shed what they needed to and, and, you know, adopt things that help them. Yeah. Unlock and get into new versions of themselves. They never been to before, but I'm so glad that we went down there. It's, um, I knew that we would have some form of conversation along this line. It was on a deeper level. So I'm looking forward to it, but now I'm going to go for a slightly more, uh, what's the word? Um, I'm scared of this one now. (laughs) Enjoyable end. So I don't usually do this, but we're going to do this today. Like I said, I wanted to lean on your polarizing side at times so i'm gonna give you one statement or word and i want you to give me your initial one word or one sentence reaction to these statements okay okay? so the first is daily hit training (laughs) done it done it done it done it and it just made me the skinniest like skinny fat lean version of myself no shape yes okay yes it did make me bitter and yes it did release the endorphins but this after education, you realize that there's so much better and such efficient ways of getting yourself to a much better place. Perfect. That was not a sentence, but the two first words were. I was, yeah, was going to say, <laughs> it's going to be a little longer, but I think these actually get progressively worse. So bear with me, right? Next. <laughs> <laughs> Waste trainers. Oh, God. I don't, I don't even have a word for it. Waste of money. Yeah, it is a waste of money. Okay, let's put it this way. If you want to mangle your insides, go for it. Do it. Do it. Then go and see how your digestive system feels, how you're unable to eat properly, your breathing are disrupted. Breathing, for goodness sakes, breathing. The our breath, the crux of life. Nah, it's just it, I, I I don't I, I see a lot of competition prep coaches put their clients in waist trainers and it does my head in. On to the next. Keto. These are not fake fire. Keto. Love it. I'm doing it right now. <laughs> I thought you were being serious, man. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you had me. Right. No, please, please, God. These things are not built on keto. We need She the pointed to her biceps, guys. <laughs> Just for the <laughs> listeners. <laughs> You need, you need the carbs, no keto, please. God's sake, you shedding fat by eating fat. Yeah, just, just sit with that for a second. Also, I feel like a life without bread and pasta and cereal oh, is a man. quite sad life, yeah. Nope. <laughs> okay, on to the next, probably worse, meal replacement drinks. And we're not talking protein shakes here, we're talking like all-in-one, slim fast or herbalite why, shakes. Why do you hate food so much? That's all I have to say. Why do you hate food so much? Like, it's so awful to cut out food just to have a shake. Is that a way of life? It's stupid. Stu- I had someone, previous client of, a, uh, of the company that you and I both used to work for. Mm-hmm. And on their stories, I saw that they were having a Huel shake, meal replacement Huel shake, talking about how the flavor was so amazing and this was so convenient. And, and he was getting into shape and I was like, God damn, this person did not have the education that they needed. It's so sad. So sad to see that, that they were getting into shape with this meal replacement. 
you and I both know that it's not necessary. I understand why people do it for convenience and they're like, I really couldn't care less for food. And I get that that's why some people do like shakes. And But like you said, like rather than doing like a Huel when I, I'm not going to slate Huel, but any type of meal replacement drink, like just make your own, like get some like good quality whey protein powder, <laughs> throw some oats in, some fruit in, like it's going to taste nicer. It's, it's going to take you just as long to prepare it and you're actually going to get food, right? So I, it's not the shakes I have. I like, honestly, I have nothing against, no, actually I do have a little bit against shakes. You know, shakes can actually cause indigestion in a lot of people a lot of people's guts are not built to have all of that because when you blitz it a lot of air goes into it so it's not massively wonderful for your gut but having it homemade is always going to trump buying something that's fully packaged up and and they say it's got xyz micronutrients vitamins etc and it's like "Mm, just make it your damn self i agree right on to the next final a fixed mindset yeah was one of my biggest blockers, biggest in life. I did a post on it not so long ago. And it's the ability to see outside of the here and now and be able to see how situations can be brought into a more growth situation for you. So asking yourself the questions, asking yourself the questions about why you are sort of feeling like they're seeing this this way. Like, I can't do this. Why can't I do this? Yeah, I scrolled through your Instagram to find the most... Uh... It's, a, it's a big post. I really don't like to... It's it's not a quick fire question, Elliot, that one. It was a one word or one statement. You, si- <laughs> you signed up for this. this. You know, next time, just ask me pizza or pasta. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do make these easy for you. Yeah, I mean, my one my one sentence answer on fixed mindset would be, I would probably just suggest that there's a better way to life. That would be my my answer to it. There's a better way for life. And I like that. So yeah, just I a, do like that. Yeah, so that would be those, yeah. Those are my five. <laughs> any to add? Any 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 controversial words or statements that I missed? There's lots, Elliot, but I feel like we're, we're, we're getting into James Smith territory. Queen of female James Smith. All right. Well, anyway, that is all of the questions I have today. So I just want to thank you so much for your time and your words of wisdom thank as well. Like you. I thoroughly enjoyed this conversation and I can't wait for, especially a lot of parents to listen to the second portion of this. I think it's going to be really helpful. And every single thing we touched on today, I've, I've, I've taken value from, and I'm sure the listeners will as well. So where is the best place for people to connect with you? If they want to hear more of your material, want to get more of your TikToks. <laughs> Oh, God, please. I'm not the TikTok queen. But if you want to find me, I am on Instagram at Tej underscore fit. Um, and I have a nice shiny website as well. And it's www.tejfit.com. So I wanted to say thank you for inviting me. And it's been so amazing to talk to someone who, you know, like I said, or like you said, we haven't met properly more mm. than once. But just we've connected on so many different levels through our journey together um, as coaches and starting our own businesses and stuff. Like I am super proud of everything that you've achieved um, in your journey. Um, and I can't wait to see how both of us progress. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. And yeah, the future is exciting. All right. So thank you so much guys for listening. Really, really do appreciate it. If you did take value, please send it, like take a screenshot now or at a certain point in the episode where you did uh, tag both myself and Tej. We'd love to hear everything that you took away from this episode. But yeah, thank you for listening once again. Take care guys. And we will speak very soon.
And that was the Simply Fit Podcast. I hope you gained a huge amount of value from today's episode. I feel inspired to improve your health and well-being. Be sure to search for Simply Fit in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify, or anywhere else you get your podcast from. And go ahead and subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. Also, if you like the episode, please don't forget to give it a five-star rating. I'd love to hear your feedback or any questions you have. So reach out to me on social media. You'll find me on Facebook and Instagram at Elliot Hassoun. Thank you so much for listening. And I look forward to talking with you all on the next one.